Hello and welcome to the After Dinner Podcast. My name is Terry Toppler, and this is the podcast extension for ROI Show 534th. Our guest today is Craig Verniest, former graduate student at Miami University of Ohio, author, who will be talking to us about Mexican playwright Rodolfo Usigli. The history buff joining us is Rick Sweets. So, Rick, you get to start us off this time. Thanks, Terry. You mentioned in the broadcast portion, Craig, uh, the... Uh, occupational path that Rodolfo took over his life, uh, not a uh, college graduate, uh, knew s- several foreign languages, uh, obviously he knew how to write, um, working for newspapers uh, or newspaper-type organizations. How did he become a diplomat going through this this uh, life path? What, what prompted the authorities to pick him as a, a diplomat? Uh, yeah. It, um, um, so he signed up to, uh, he, uh, you know, entered into uh, diplomatic service in 1934. He had uh, submitted a file to, uh, to apply for a diplomat position when it uh, might be afforded to him. And then um, 10 years later, like I, like I said earlier, uh, in 1944, um, his he had uh i think it was it's rather an interesting moment of kind of uh convergence between nationalism and internationalism he had been expecting to go to the soviet union actually to um study kind of a soviet style and uh 19th century russian theaters um to do a kind of comparative study between uh mexican theater and uh, Soviet theater at the time. Um, at the last minute, uh, the president changes his posting and he gets sent to France. Um, but I think uh, primarily he himself entered into diplomatic service for the uh, financial stability that it offered. Uh, being a playwright and being a, uh, a journalist were uh, two posts that frequently converged in Mexico at the time. Uh, many playwrights were uh, also writers for various newspapers and vice versa, um, but both weren't necessarily uh, the most stable of positions, nor were they the most uh, you know, lucrative of positions, financially speaking. Um, so I think he, especially in the 1950s, by that time he is divorced, has like five kids, a new wife uh, with no um, with no job herself. <laughs> so he decided, uh, I really gotta get a stable job and get a job. Yeah, right. make enough money. <laughs> yeah, something with yep. a, you know a stable. And why not Paris? Why not Paris? <laughs> <laughs> so Craig, uh, tell me, since you know having studied him, do you have a favorite play or a favorite line from a play? Oh my gosh! Uh, actually, yes, I do. Uh, my favorite play is is, is certainly um, the Imposter. Uh, there's just he has other ones that are uh, very uh, uh, politically satirical as well, um, or the ones I mentioned earlier. He he has another a series that is considered uh, alongside his secret to be his best work. Uh, they are a Crown of Shadows, a Crown of Fire, and then Crown of Light. Um, that are kind of anti what he called anti-historical views on three, uh, you know, kind of 
uh, formative moments across Mexican history. Mm. Um, but Hesticulador in particular, I just, I find it to be so poignant in uh, kind of portraying and satirizing the way that, you know, the use of, um, like, uh, they're called pistoleros, but um, hitmen uh, by by uh, politicians, senators, you know, any you know, local uh, local uh, political official, uh, government official, having hitmen at their disposal <laughs> to um, to maintain, you know, to cut off, you know, to assassinate a, uh, an opposing candidate and, and maintain their own rule. Um, in terms of a line, I think uh, one of the best is is uh, who is each of us in Mexico? Everywhere you encounter imposters, impersonators, simulators. Uh, murderers disguised as heroes, bourgeoisie disguised as leaders, thieves, thieves disguised as congressmen, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, he says, they are all hypocritical imposters. I could almost say that here. Who is each of us here in the U.S.? I think, I think, yeah. we're, I think yeah. we're copying Mexico. <laughs> so, so I do have a follow-up question on that, Craig. So I understand uh, Rodolfo Sigli wrote a memoir how did he see himself, or how did did he take time to see what his legacy would be? Oh, I, he! Oh my God, he kept everything, everything that crossed his desk. He kept. I mean, he truly was a um, like a you know an intellectual's intellectual, someone who uh, I think was very much concerned with his own self-image. I think. He was, he had a, a mass, I mean, I, I think he's a fascinating figure, but he had a massive reputation of being a narcissist in, in the, uh, within theater circles and within the press. I mean, he would just write things that were so rude about other playwrights and their works. Um, and at the same time, I think he was, he was also an insecure person. I mean, I think mm. he, he really is this this image of this uh, kind of Mexican hypocrisy that he, he's trying to analyze and critique, uh, he is kind of the exact representation of that in, in my reading of him. Um, he was almost blind uh, throughout his life. Since a child, he was almost blind. He could not, um, he could not see without glasses. Uh, he was a smaller person. I mean, I don't think he was taller than 5'5", uh, 5'6". Five, 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 um, and I think, you know, his childhood informed a, a, um, person with a chip on his shoulder who, uh, later on tried to make that up by being as, um, kind of as, as large and as kind of intellectually critical a, uh, a person could be publicly, um, but I think he is really just that, like I said, that example of just a kind of a contradictory nature. We call that a um, little uh, Napoleonic complex, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit there. Yeah. And I did get a C in psychology, so bear with me. Uh, I do have a question. <laughs> uh, in your research, uh, uh, how would you uh, uh, describe uh Rodolfo's impact uh, on Mexican culture. Oh gosh, I mean, he—he he is so funny. I think there is a particular sect within um, Mexican theater uh, that is like this guy is 
is one of our best and most shining playwrights, especially at the time there were um, many of his peers considered El Hesticulador to be the what they called the first uh, modern Mexican drama. Uh, and he is the uh, the father of modern Mexican drama is he's termed uh, as he's termed by a um, uh, theater Mexican theater historians uh, since then. They also call him the uh, the apostle of uh, the Mexican Revolution. Um, but in terms of like a broad impact on on Mexican arts and culture, I don't think he was that influential. Um, he's one of those kind of figures who has a couple really bright, shining moments uh, and is considered highly regarded uh, within his own field, but I don't think he's well known outside of it. So Arthur, you described him as a narcissist and also highly critical of others. Um, are there any autobiographical elements in his plays? Oh my god! I mean, one of the, the one of the, the funniest things about the imposter is is it an autobiographical reading? Because he is a former uh, academic, uh, or not even a, at the time he was a, a, a current academic at um, Mexico's largest university, the uh, um, National Autonomous University. Uh, he he didn't track in the Mexican Revolution necessarily, but he uh, did did give classes on a. Uh, Mexican theater, um, and later on, he goes on to, you know, uh, especially towards the end of his life, he fully kind of um, pulls away from criticizing the single-party state and adopts the party line. He uh, writes a book in the uh, the wake of the, the, uh, the uh, Plata Loco massacre, essentially endorsing the uh, president's uh, decision to use uh, police and military force in suppressing the uh, protests going on that night and um, gets awarded with the uh, National Award for Literature a year later uh, after not really having written any work of substance in close to a decade. So, I have a yeah, um, I think he uh, uh, probably left a part of him in each of his plays. Um, but he also, I mean, in addition to that, he had work journals and diaries kept uh, so much about himself written by other people and by himself um, that there's definitely uh, an autobiographical tint to his work and, and who he was as a person. He wanted to be remembered, I think. Rick. Yeah, Craig, uh, the uh, elephant in the room. Was Rodolfo influenced in any way during this uh, period by what, uh, uh, by the United States, El Norte, if you will? Was there an influence <laughs> in any way from the North? Uh, I, he, he definitely considered, oh, yeah, there's this great passage in one of the, uh, the pieces he wrote accompanying the imposter where he said, um, that uh, essentially, it's a really interesting kind of uh, moment for Mexico because um, they don't want to be, uh, um, the, both the national government and, and I think people like Sigley don't want to become Americanized. They want Mexico to be Mexico and Mexico to be for Mexicans. They want there, again, yeah, they're really concerned about national identity. Um, so he doesn't want Mexico to become kind of a, a proxy U.S. or stylized entirely like the U.S. 
uh, but he does think that Mexican theater needs to adopt uh, some of the developments that uh, uh, American theater, especially uh, in Broadway, had been doing for for a couple decades at that point. He considered uh, American playwrights and especially Broadway performers to be um, high examples of, of their craft. Well, we would like to thank our guest for this 434 show, Craig Verniste, former graduate student at Miami University of Ohio, who talked to us about Mexican playwright Rodolfo Usigli. The history buff for today's show was Rick Sweet. ROI can be found at 9.30 p.m. Friday nights on KALA radio or on the web at tunein.com. If you're looking for older programs, you'll find them at soundcloud.com. Just put KALA radio in the search. Click on the first icon and scroll down to find nearly a decade of ROI shows. And you can also find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms. ROI is recorded at station KALA, St. Ambrose University.